Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and um, thank you for those who have been giving feedback. I've mentioned this before, but I really rely on it. I really lean on it, and it just helps me tremendously. So um, whether it's encouraging words or it's some constructive criticism, I'm good with either, but I'm really just about making this podcast as good as it can be so that I can help you guys as best as possible. So I really appreciate the feedback. Thanks for those of you who have, left a, who have left a comment. And without further ado, we're just going to get right into today's episode. Um, I'll be honest, today is a little bit of a heavier episode. And um, it's kind of hitting on a theme that is close to my heart for several reasons that go beyond the scope of porn addiction. And I might touch on that a little bit. We'll kind of see. But, uh, but we got a, a really interesting subject on our hands today. Now, the, the title of the episode is that Addiction Leads to Death. And that sounds, I'm, I'm like always so guarded against clickbaity titles. Um, you know, I think a good title like maybe has some elements of that, like it's, it grabs your attention and it's very interesting, but then, you know, it can't just be fluff or it can't just be a title that gets you to click and gets you to listen, but it doesn't actually match the content. So I, I'm always conscious of that. And I, I was kind of thinking like, addiction leads to death is that you know is that a little bit too much but I no I, I feel like it's appropriate and I think you'll understand why very soon my wife and I bought a house a little bit over a year ago and uh, that in of itself is a, is a crazy story we were just very fortunate to buy when the market was quite slow just because everybody was a little bit skittish around COVID so this is when gas was like 60 cents a liter in Canada, which is like 15 cents a gallon in the States. Um, and it was the, you know, the, everything was just crazy. The The economy was in all kinds of disarray over COVID. We got a house and uh, it was really God's provision for us. And, and we, we are very grateful. And one of the things that we loved about this house, even before we bought it, the second time we came to look at it, you know, the, the deal had gone through, but we hadn't moved in. And so we're at the property. We're just doing one final walkthrough. And we got to meet the neighbors and the neighbors were just these friendly people. Like everyone in the neighborhood seemed really nice. And our next door neighbor was, you know, just asking us questions. Where are you guys moving from? This and that. And all kinds of points of connection. Very friendly. And uh, this neighbor's name was John. And it was really funny because his name was John. He had a tenant in his house who's also named, whose name was also John. And the guys that we bought our house from, were named, uh, his name was John. So there was just John's galore in this little hub of our neighborhood. But anyway, um, we got to know John. He's a guy in his mid-60s and um, worked for uh, a software company and, you know, whatever, whatever. So we do our walkthrough and, um, and, you know, we eventually move in a little bit later. And probably the first day, first two days that we moved in, I mean, neighbors brought like fresh fruit over and produce and said, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Great to have you here. And uh, some people just came over to say hi. Like we we have just loved living in this area. People are so friendly, so nice. And it's really, um, it's really been pretty special. 
And, you know, the fun thing where we live, uh, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, we live near a beach and parks and stuff. And so with all the outdoor activities that are available to us, we do see our neighbors a fair bit, especially when the weather's nice. And so, you know, it's just uh, contact points, right? The more you see people, the more you get to know them. So uh, the person we've probably got to know the best is John, just because he's always out and about. He's very friendly and with, he's kind of entrepreneurial, so we've talked about business and stuff like that before, and um, it's been fun. It's been fun getting to know him, and so we had a party for my wife for her birthday a couple months ago, and John's in the back. He's hanging out with all these young people and just having the time of his life and, uh, you know, sitting around having a drink with us and just, just doing his thing, you know, and it, it's really cool, uh, really fun. About six weeks ago, uh, I got a text from my tenant, and uh, my tenant and I, we have this little uh, this little group chat in in WhatsApp, and we we just you know we text each other about the practical things of of sharing a, a building together, but then I'll I'll text him as well about like any stuff that we see going down in the neighborhood, and we are in a smaller tight knit neighborhood, which means you know when there's action, people are out watching, talking about it, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, so, you know, that we, we had like a, a random arrest kind of down the street. It was late at night. Like This is like maybe half a year ago. And so cops are out and the lights are up. So then, you know, I send our, our tenant a text. Hey, hey, there's something going on. You know, and he comes out and we're out and we're watching and guessing what's going on. And that kind of thing. So anyway, my tenant sends me a text. And um, this is about six weeks ago. And, and he just says, uh, hey, uh, I think somebody beat up John. So I like book it out. Um, and, and sure enough, there's John sitting on his front porch and he has a, a really swollen eye. I mean, the guy can't see out of his eye at all. His knees are all scraped up and he's just not looking well. Like, like somebody mashed this guy up. And there's cops around and, and, you know, we're just trying to kind of figure out what, what happened and what's going on. So we, we linger for a little bit and again, like more people like just come out of the woodworks, a bunch of retired people too, right? So they're just desperate for some action. So they, uh, you know, people come out and we're, we're starting to theorize what happened and um, John's communicative, but he's clearly like not in his right mind and whatever. And we actually find out that Nobody beat John up. Um, in fact, he actually just um, drank way too much. He fell, and and so he he landed on his face or on the corner of a table when he when he fell because he was stumbling a little bit, and then he unfortunately made a very poor decision. Got in his car, uh, drove somewhere uh, to do who knows what, and along the way crashed into a cable box. And so um, somebody called the cops on him. And uh, he was followed back home and, uh, and the cops came and, you know, kind of dealt with him. So they, they sent an ambulance to get him cleaned up and whatever else. But um, we were all just kind of stunned, like, John, why would you do that? And what's going on? And as we talked to our neighbors, we found out that actually this was common behavior for John and that he was an alcoholic and had been for decades. <sighs> so it was just, it was heartbreaking. And, um, and we didn't know this. And, you know, I mean, we've only lived here a year. You only get to know somebody so much as your neighbor. Um, we knew John was a, a pretty bad smoker, but did not know about the alcohol thing. And a, a bunch of dots connected when we heard the news. And, um, and so we were looking out for him and, um, and certainly just had a different impetus 
to uh, to be caring for him, and um, we knew he didn't have any family, and we found out that um, you know that that had partially to do with his issues and some other family issues, but really no family, uh, no friends, uh, no like you know long-standing friends. Just he had his neighbors and some coworkers, and that was about it. The last few weeks, uh, John hasn't done very well. He's um, he's continuing to struggle. Uh, he clearly needs help with his uh, addiction, and and refuses to get it. You know, he's in his mid 60s and he is um just set in his ways uh probably a little bit hard-headed but um it's been part of his life as long as he can remember and he doesn't want help so um you know neighbors are are chipping in bringing food over he doesn't eat much anyway but um bringing food over uh driving him around um you know John asked me for some Tylenol the other day and um I gave him super light uh ibuprofen or something I did I don't know and mixing with alcohol and all that's a bit dangerous so um quite, quite cautious and he kept asking for more and you know I said no and anyway just lots, lots to figure out with kind of how to help him and um you know he he did some decent damage to his body uh between all the falls and um and the scrapes on his knees and stuff and so he's not moving well just slow and it's a bad situation and I'm just I'm I'm witnessing before my very eyes this is what addiction does to someone you know this guy's mid-60s so you know he's on the, the back end of his life but he should have plenty plenty left in the tank and he can't recover from a fall uh, he's got you know little little social support um, other than his neighbors and and his quality of life is just very poor and he's single, he's alone, and the guy is really struggling. And uh, it, it, was, it was a harsh reality. You know, most of, I think the, the oldest person I've worked with um, in Deep Clean was mid-50s. And yeah, there was a lot of life destruction going on there for sure, but, um, but not, not quite like this. And alcoholism is in many ways a different addiction than porn, but it's an addiction nonetheless. There's plenty of overlap. And it was really devastating to just see this guy is is drinking himself to death. He, you know, he's he gets released from the hospital. He actually got hospitalized again a, a, a few weeks later um, after that initial incident. And he continues to drink. He denies his drinking. You know, if you see him, when he asked me for painkillers, I said, John, you know, have you been drinking? Oh, no, no, I haven't drank anything. Um, but you know, he's not completely sober. He's not in his right mind. You can kind of tell. And so it's, it's the lying, it's the poor quality of life. And it's ultimately the fact that he is literally caught in a cycle that is only going to end one way. And that is with death. So, uh, really heartbreaking. And, um, yesterday my wife and I woke up, we had a, a really busy weekend and I'm recording this on a, I think a Monday here it is. And so we had a busy weekend, so Sunday we agreed to just kind of lay low. And while we were eating breakfast, we noticed there's a cop um, out about in our neighborhood, and we're not sure what's what's going on, and there's no lights or anything. It's it's low-key, and so we just continue eating on our breakfast and um, finish up, and I thought, well, we'll go outside and, and find out what happened. And um, my neighbor uh, rushes over to me, uh, not, not John, another neighbor, and um, and he says, hey, um, hey, man, just wanted to let you know, uh, John passed away in his sleep last night. And uh, and it was just stunning. Uh, you know, we were just totally shocked, and it was it was just coming through uh, in a 
very harsh kind of, um, I don't know, uh, awakening kind of way where you're just like, wow, addiction literally leads to death. Like this, this beautiful soul who lived beside us, uh, lived there for 30 years, happy-go-lucky, jokey kind of guy, uh, super fun-loving, could not contain his addiction, could not get help he needed, couldn't deal with uh, the stress and the pain and the hardships of life in a healthy way, and it ultimately led to his demise. And it's just just devastating, uh, honestly, just devastating to see this happen. And so, um, so John, may he, may he rest in peace. And, um, and his life is another reminder of why we do what we do. Because if addiction doesn't lead to death, it leads to divorce. It leads to separation from family. It leads to all kinds of unnecessary hardship. And, you know, alcohol addiction is treatable. People recover from alcohol addiction every single day. And, you know, porn addiction is the same. Uh, uh, the, the numbers are are not the same. You know, that, that area is just not as developed. But there is help available. And, and yet here are people just drinking themselves to death, viewing themselves to death, consuming themselves to death. And it's, uh, it's totally shocking. Uh, one of the things I wanted to just uh, end this podcast with, I know it's a bit sobering. And, um, and I, I'm I'm not sorry for that. You know, I think uh, I think we have to talk about these things candidly and and just you know face the harsher realities of these dire dire conditions. Um, but the the last memory I have, John, I actually have have two, but um, but I wanted to share this one in particular. Uh, John passed away a Saturday night, and I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before. But I have just had a very, very busy uh, first six, seven weeks here doing deep clean full time. It's been absolutely insane, and um, and in my busyness, you know, as in any kind of scenario with where you're really busy, I've just pushed other things to the side. Certain things that I would normally do that it's just like I'm too busy right now. That'll just have to get done when it gets done. And John sent me a text on on Wednesday, and I, I had always told John, if you ever need anything, let me know. I, I don't mind doing a grocery run for you or, you know, whatever. And um, again, making offers that I've, I don't know how I'd pull that off given how busy I am, but I just, I made up in my mind, I will. I'll find a way to do it. So John had sent me a text on Wednesday and said, hey, uh, can you take me to the store? I said, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm available at this time. I had about 45 minutes free. And I said, can we can we fit it in then? And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I can I can do that. So the time rolls around, and uh, and we kind of get going here. And so I say, oh, where do you want to go? And so his first place is um, Shoppers Shoppers Drug Mart, which in Canada that's kind of like a um, oh geez, I'm drawing a total blank, but it's the local pharmacy that exists in every single city. So we go to Shoppers and he buys some Boost protein shakes, you know, those pre-made protein shakes. I say, okay, you need anything else, John? Nope, nope, just the shakes. All right, no problem. So we, we buy the shakes and um, he, he can barely walk. So he's holding my hand as we walk through the store. He can't balance himself. And um, I, don't, I don't think it's because he was drunk. I think he did uh, enough damage to his cranium that his uh, vestibular organ was a bit messed up, his, his sense of, of balance. So anyway... I'm I'm holding his hand, you know, like he like he's just this old, very frail man, 
and walking through shoppers, we buy Boost protein shakes, and um, and then we we get in the car, and he says, okay, I just need to stop at the Avondale. Avondale's a local convenience store, and he goes to the uh, the bin with ice cream sandwiches and pulls out you know a few drumsticks, a couple ice cream sandwiches, and uh, you know pulls out three or four, and I I said, John, you know. Um, I don't mind driving you when you need it, but uh, I can't do it every day. Why don't you grab a couple more? He goes, oh, yeah, okay, all right, good point. You know, so he comes out with like $20 worth of ice cream sandwiches and uh, drumsticks and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and you know, that was it. That was the last time I saw John. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a quirky memory. But uh, the, the thing that I, I wanted to share is I'm, I'm so grateful that I said yes. You know, I'm so grateful that as busy as things have been, that um, in my heart I made the decision. And I don't know what the grieving would be like if I had said no. You know, um, some of the regret and some of the, the pain and remorse that would come with that, I imagine would be pretty challenging. And um, instead, you know, I, I certainly think about John's salvation. And uh, we did get a chance to pray with him a few times. Um, and... And we, we did our best, you know, to witness Jesus to him. And, and you know, that, that example with the ice cream and the boost protein shakes is, is one of those where we just tried to, tried to be there for him and tried to be um, hands and feet, you know. And um, it, it's, it's such a reminder of what really matters in life. And um, I feel like I had a few more pastoral conversations with uh, neighbors who, you know, just don't know how to grieve, don't know how to process and don't know how to deal with the afterlife. And everyone says different things. Uh, you know, he's in a better place and at least he's in, at peace or whatever else it might be. But, um, but you know, I, it's just a reminder and I want to encourage you if you are struggling. I hope it's a, it's a wake-up call. I hope it reminds you of just the stark realities of addiction and that addiction only li- lands in one place and that's death. And whether it's physical death, death to a marriage, uh, death to a destiny and a dream, addiction can only lead in death, uh, lead to death rather. Uh, but I think the second thing is, and again, whether you are struggling yourself or maybe you're just looking to help other people who are struggling, uh, I would really encourage you, um, you just don't know. You don't know what those little acts of kindness can mean to somebody and how far they might go. And, you know, um, it's probably a little bit cliche to say you don't know when it's the last time you'll see them. Um, but I, I, would, I would instead say you just, you don't know how it might impact them. And um, you don't know if it's going to change the trajectory of their life. You don't know if it's maybe going to cement the trajectory of their life and, and kind of the legacy you don't know if it, it could be, you know, the last memory you get with that person. But um, let's never lose sight that this life is always about people. That's what it's always been about in relationships and nothing matters more. And it's all the more reason to mend broken relationships, to forgive people who have wronged you, uh, to have that difficult conversation that you've been delaying. It's all the more reason to uh, give an extra squeeze to your loved ones and uh, to make sure that in the quest for uh, purpose and significance and money and promotions and um, glam and whatever it is that, that you might be tempted by at times, it's not worth it. Um, it's not worth it and it's, it's the people in your life that are going to make this life worthwhile. And uh, hopefully that's all the more reason to quit porn as well and to get the help you need. So in this sobering episode, um, thank you guys for listening. 
And I do encourage you, if you're struggling, uh, get your hands on the ultimate, re- uh, the ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. That was a hard one to get out. Um, you can get it at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. These are the best practices we have for anybody, anybody who's struggling with porn. Um, and actually, it's anybody who's struggling with addiction. I could have given the guide to John, and it probably would have helped him as well. Of course, it's not enough to read good information. You have to act on it. But it is an excellent starter. It's probably one of the best resources I know of out there that is completely free of charge. And you can get that at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Really appreciate you guys listening. I wish you an incredible day. And we'll talk very, very soon, probably uh, on some content that is not as sobering. Um, Thanks for uh, enduring this one out. Uh, Much love to all of you. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.